Hey, this is Beth Nelson. I serve as the lead pastor at Prairie Heights Community Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for listening today. I hope this motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. For a little more than 30 years, Jesus walked alongside us. He experienced life as a person, just like you and me, so we could look him in the eye. But before he was put on trial, before he shared wisdom with the crowds, before he healed people, Jesus' mother Mary made a choice, and it changed the world forever. I am not brave, 
When we think about the Christmas story, we can be so tempted to think of the Christmas story like this fairy tale, like this picturesque idea, or you think about the nativity set out with Mary and Joseph and this little baby. Yet when you and I, when we examine the details of the real story, of what really happened, we understand pretty quickly that the Christmas story is not a fairy tale. The Christmas story is not a fictional story. It is so much better. It is so much better. The Christmas story is a real story. The Christmas story is a story of real people. Mary and Joseph were real people that God met in their everyday life. God came to them as they were walking through this life in their everyday life. God came and met them right in the middle of their journey and through their story of how God used them, it changed the world forever. And just a few seconds ago, we got to listen to Elise. Isn't she incredible? Incredible. Yeah. And I bet you didn't know this because she sure doesn't sound like it. She's a teenager. And Elise, we don't, know, uh, we don't know based on, nowhere in the Bible does it specifically say the age that Mary was, but based on culture and all of the scholars agree that Mary was in her teenage years. So Mary was just a little bit younger than Elise when God came to her and told her that she would be carrying the Son of Man. Isn't that incredible to think about? And that's what we're gonna process tonight is we're gonna process how did this teenage girl, how did she surrender her life? And through the surrender of this teenage girl, it changed history. And you and I, when we dig into this and when we begin to examine the details of the story that God promised years ahead, that so many different Old Testament stories led to this belief that the Messiah was coming, that there would be a king one day. And many believed that it would be somebody of stature and status, royalty, not as born as a, a baby, 
born in a barn, the way that it happened. And I believe that tonight, I believe that this Christmas for you and I, as we discover more of how God used real people and how God shows up to us as real people on the journey, I believe what we're gonna learn together is that when we let go of control, we actually get the power to surrender. In the moment that you and I decide to let go of control, we have the power to surrender. And so how did a young teenage girl do that? How did she let go of the control of her life and have the power to surrender in such a way that today we still celebrate how God used her as part of the story. And so tonight what we're gonna dig into is what happened before Jesus was born. And so what I want you to do, and hey, if you're brand new to Pray Heights, this is your first time watching online or here in the room, I want to say welcome. Welcome to Christmas at Pray Heights. My name is Beth, if I haven't had the chance to meet you. And if you are here for the first time, you can go ahead and you can download our app. That'll help you to follow along with notes and with the scriptures. Scripture's also going to be on the screen. And we're going to go through the story in Luke. It's chapter 1, and it's verse 26. And so uh, let's follow along in that together. Let's start in verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, and Elizabeth is a relative of Mary, it says, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And so as we set the stage for the story, we've got Mary and Joseph, and Mary is pledged to be married to Joseph. And any of you who are engaged or if you're married or you've been married, you know that when you're engaged and you're excited to get married, there's a lot of like anticipation, right? Do you know what else there is? There's a lot of like rose-colored glasses. What I mean by that is your idea of what marriage is gonna be is filled with excitement and energy and all the things that you dream about. And then pretty quickly into marriage, you realize that there's a reality to your married life. Hey, that's a good thing. That's a good thing because it grows you and it stretches you. I love being married. I love being married. Uh, I've got a great husband. His name's Kyle. Uh, many of you, if you're here in the room, you got to high five him on the way in. He's that tall 6'9 guy. And... Uh, Marriage is great, but can you imagine Mary and Joseph, these young teenagers that are getting ready for marriage, they're about to get the surprise of a lifetime. They're about to get the surprise of a lifetime. And I want you and I, let's put ourselves in their shoes as we walk through what's about to happen to them. In verse 28, it says, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. The angel showed up, and so I know that might seem a little weird that an angel showed up in Mary's life. We don't have angels who show up in our life. In matter of fact, that's one of the reasons that God sent Jesus to be here on this earth with us, and that Jesus, when he left this earth, what he left with us was the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. But because Jesus wasn't here yet, an angel showed up to Mary. And can you imagine what that was like? Have you ever been in a room? Or have you ever been in the car driving and you thought you were alone? Did it feel something like this? It's over. 
The nutcase is gone. I am successful. I'm powerful. I'm handsome. I'm happy. Successful, powerful, handsome. Emma! <sighs> imagine Mary going about her business and, and maybe she had a similar response to Steve Carell where she's like, whoa, let's find out what was her response. We read about it in verse 29 and it says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. She was greatly troubled. What I really appreciate that, that Luke, the writer of the book of Luke, he named it after himself. Pretty, pretty smart, right? He was a smart guy. What I'm really glad that he wrote in the book and made sure to capture is her response because that was a very human response. If you and I were in her shoes, I think we'd be thinking the same thing. I think we would be thinking something of worry. I think there might be a little bit of fear of like, what, why is there an angel that just showed up in my life? And what is this message? And what does it mean? It says she was greatly troubled. This Christmas, is there anything in your life today that you felt that's, that you would say, oh, I feel greatly troubled? You might say it different, I'm freaking out. You might say, I've been so worried about this circumstance in your life or this person. Is there anything in your life today, this Christmas, that you are fearing, that you have doubt about? I want you to know you're not alone. Marry this young teenage girl. As, as she got ready to fulfill the call that God had on her life, she felt greatly troubled. And then we find out what the angel says to her in verse 30. It says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. Do not be afraid, you found favor with God. Favor, like what does that mean? That's hard, that's hard to understand what favor means. And when we think about God's favor, we think about his blessing, we think about the grace that he gives us, we think about the things that God gives us that we don't have to earn. Like we don't have to earn God's love. We don't have to, there's a lot that we don't have to earn in our relationship with God. And, when I think about God's favor, I think that about the moments when God sees us in a crowd. Like, like a crowd like this, for all of you who are here in person, I, I think about it like God seeing you. Like God just sees you as an individual and he sees how you are uniquely made and he has favor on you. And I, I think about how God sees you and how he sees favor on you as an individual in a crowd of people that God sees you and I, and he sees us. And I picture that as God's favor. You know, I asked my husband, Kyle, uh, just a little while ago, I said, can you think of a time that we've experienced God's favor? And he really quickly responded and he said, our 1998 Ford Windstar. And I was like, yes, you are so right that we experience God's favor. There's a story, let me tell you. So, uh, and, and by the way, if any of you have a vehicle that's older than the 2000s, come on, give yourself a round of applause. There is like pride in that. 
We bought that, uh, we bought that car early on in our marriage. It was $2,500, 88,000 miles. At this point, two years ago, it had 230 miles on it. My husband commutes for his uh, work to the farm and back. And so we kind of knew it was on its last leg. And we knew, ooh, there wasn't much time left with the 1998 Ford Windstar. And uh, so I was headed to the cities and I saw that there was a van that was in our price range, a used van that we could, that we could buy and I could drive the newer car, the newer used car, and I'd pass down the one I was driving to my husband and he would use that one. But so we decided we're gonna buy that car, bought that van, brought it back. The weekend I brought that car back, at the same time what was happening was it was a snowstorm here and Kyle had brought the pickup home from the farm. He goes back to the farm, he had pulled the 1998 Ford Windstar into the shed and pulled it in the opposite way and he got in the car, he turns the engine, done. Smoke starts coming out of the hood, all of that. Uh, months prior, every single day, no joke, I watched him do it a couple times. My husband put his hand on that car and he prayed over that car. And he said, God, make it to the farm. Make it to the farm. God's favor, God's favor showed up in our life. The weekend I bought a new van was the weekend the 1998 Ford Windstar said, I'm done. God's favor in our life. But isn't it true that you and I, we mistake God's favor for coincidence so often? We can mistake God's favor for coincidence. We, I could look at that scenario and we could say, wow, what a coincidence. But no, we looked at that and we said that was God's favor in our life. Where is God's favor showing up in your life that you've looked at it and you've thought maybe that's a coincidence but if you looked a little harder, you'd recognize, no, God's at work. God's at work here. And what I believe is happening in the story with Mary as the angel comes to her and, and as she's feeling a bit of fear and doubt as she doesn't know what's about to happen. And then all of a sudden she responds. The angel says, you found favor with God. What I believe is happening in this moment is God is letting Mary know, Mary, I'm going to be with you. I'm gonna be with you every step of the way. What I'm about to share with you about your part of the story, Mary, no matter what happens, I'm not gonna leave you. I'm not gonna forsake you. I'm gonna be with you. And I believe right here in this part of the story, we start to recognize just how close of a relationship Mary has with her heavenly father, with God. Let's go ahead. Uh, and as, as we understand that personal relationship, what it does and what I think we can draw from that is that when you and I, when we let go of our plans, we step into God's purpose. When we release the plans that we have for our life, we can begin to step into God's purpose for our life. And that's exactly what we see Mary begin to do. In verse... 31, it says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus. 
He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary asks a brilliant question to the angel, fair question. In verse 34, she says, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Great question. If I'm in Mary's shoes, I'm asking the same question. And I'm saying, how, how is this gonna happen? You're a young, imagine you're a young teenage girl, you're about to be married. You're not married yet and all of a sudden the angel tells you you're about to conceive a child and you're thinking, I'm about to conceive a child without having sex. How's that gonna happen? Can you please explain that to me? And then think about this, not only that, but think about the culture that they were living in in that day. And for Mary, as she begins to show physical signs of carrying a baby, in her culture, that alone, because she is not married yet, could mean a death sentence for her immediately. She could be put to death. So this isn't just like being outcast. This isn't just like you're not part of the popular crew anymore. It's not just like, oh, your, your parents uh, have feelings about this decision and what's happened. She could be put to death immediately. Can you imagine how that must have felt for her? to process all of that. Think about Joseph. Think about what that would have been like when he finds out that Mary's pregnant and, he, and he's thinking, what? How exactly did that happen? And think about for Joseph, again, the same is true. He knows what this could mean for Mary. He knows what this could mean culturally for both of them and their society. Do you think he was filled with fear and doubt? Do you think he had some insecurity? Before God let Joseph know that this was from God, can you imagine what that would have felt like for that moment? See, everything that was about to happen in their life was countercultural. It didn't make any logical sense. And tonight I want you to process and reflect just a little bit. Is there anything in your life that maybe God has invited you into something, but it's felt countercultural? Maybe God has tapped you or nudged you, or you've just had this feeling that you should do something in your walk with Jesus, but it's been countercultural. It wasn't popular. You knew that people weren't gonna immediately jump in line and get excited about what you were about to do because it was against the culture that you're living in. Are you facing that in any way today? And I think if I was Mary in that moment, you know, the angel says you found favor with God. And, and as the angel continues to explain what's about to happen, I might wonder and pause and step back for a second and say, if this is God's favor, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm a little hesitant. 
if this is what God's favor looks like. See, the other side of favor is we think God's favor always feels good or is the easy road. It's not. And we see that through this story. We see this through Mary's life and what Mary and Joseph, what they went through, it wasn't a fairy tale. It was their real life. This was their real life and God met them along their journey and he used them and their story to bring life to so many people. So in verse 35, we read the angel answered, the Holy Spirit, it will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, is gonna have a child in her old age. And so Elizabeth and her husband had been unable to conceive a child. It says that here, she was, who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month and she was, the angel is saying she's already pregnant. And Elizabeth and Zechariah were 60 years old. And I want us to look at verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. For no word from God will ever fail. What does that mean? That means that God will keep his promises. That means that God, no matter what, is gonna keep his promise. See, God isn't like us. I think for you and I, it wouldn't take us too long to look back, to think of a time we didn't keep our promise. Like I'm sure for some of you, you've already promised yourself, like you're only gonna eat, I don't know, so many cookies this holiday season. You might have already broke that promise. You probably promised your kids, hey, we can open one present tonight and then you're gonna let them open two. We all know it's gonna happen. Now they're gonna be excited about that break in a promise. If it was the other way around, they wouldn't. But right, like we live in a world where promises sometimes are broken and sometimes what people say doesn't always get followed through on. So sometimes it's hard for you and I to recognize that there's a God who always keeps his promise. There is a God who throughout scripture throughout the entire story, kept his promise. See, what you and I need to recognize is that Jesus was always a part of the story. There was always gonna be a rescue plan. And what the world thought the rescue plan was gonna look like, God said, you don't know me. You don't know me. You don't understand. And so God did something so unexpected. He picked a teenager and he used her story. And then he used Joseph's story to be the ones to bring Jesus the best gift that we could ever receive, the reason we celebrate Christmas into this world. How does this teenage girl who was just given the biggest surprise of her whole life from an angel of God, a teenager whose plans for her first year of marriage just went down the drain, whose purpose just got a whole lot bigger than she felt ready for, and whose future just took a drastic turn. How does this young teenager respond 
As it's explained what's about to happen, do you know how she responds? She responds in verse 38 saying, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I start to get a little choked up when I think about that. When I think about in that very moment when Mary says, I am the Lord's servant, that is the decision. That is the choice. That is the one moment filled with power that came from letting go. In that one moment of surrender, when Mary decided to surrender it all, and she chose to surrender her future, and it changed history. Can you imagine what it would have taken? She had to have known and had to have the peace that God was gonna be with her and that God was calling her to it and she simply stepped into it and said, I am the Lord's servant. So here's what happens, your surrender leads to more surrender. Do you see how when Mary surrendered and then she goes to Joseph to explain what happened and through her surrender, Joseph surrenders. And there's a ripple effect to that surrender. And the same is true for my life and your life. When you and I get closer to God and we surrender more of our life and we let go of control of the things of our life, our surrender impacts other people. Like maybe many of you today, maybe you were bribed to come today. Maybe you are banking on a really good meal after this because that's what you've been promised. Uh, I bet that there's some of you that you paid your kids to come. Hey, we accept all forms of invitation. Totally fine. Totally fine. We won't pay you back or refund you, but like, totally fine. But I just wonder if that's you today, like if somebody invited you and, and that's part of your story today, I'm so glad you said yes. I'm so thankful that you're here because I just wonder, I don't know what your story's been. I don't know what your background is. I don't know how you see God, but I want you to know that there's a God who loves you so much. He loves you so much that he gave his one and only son, so that you and I could have life. And that's what we celebrate on Christmas, is the birth of a savior, his name is Jesus. And I want you to know that that's a real relationship that you can have. That same kind of relationship that Mary had with God, you can have that same kind of relationship with Jesus. And her surrender led to more surrender and, and people here, all of our surrender leads to more surrender. And because Mary surrendered, it changed our world. Through her step of obedience, of faith, God, she was used by God to bring this baby, humble baby into this world who would come and would show us a different way to live that was counter-cultural, that was unexpected. And he would 
show us how to lead by being a servant. He would show us how to love unconditionally. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God didn't send Jesus to this earth to point his finger and to find everything that you're doing wrong in your life. No, not a chance. No matter what your past has looked like, no matter what your current present looks like, this Christmas there is a gift that God gave you. And it is a gift of a relationship with Jesus that you can have and choose to have a relationship with Jesus. See, this was always part of the story, the real life story that God would send his one and only son and he chose Mary, a young teenager. So if you're a teenager tonight, I want you to know, I want you to know, no matter if this world has told you a different message, God can use anyone, anytime, regardless of age, regardless of where you've been in your story. You know the only thing that he really wants from us? No matter what, no matter who we are, is he wants us to let go of control and he wants us to surrender. And through our surrender, then he can have leadership of our lives. See, Mary and Joseph at any time could have made a choice. They could have walked away but instead, as real people like you and me, they leaned in and they received the gift through their life and they surrendered it all. And we learn that God can do more with your surrender. God can do more with your surrender than you could ever do with your control. God can do more with your surrender than you could ever do with your control. And so today I want all of us to make a choice. I want us all to make a choice to surrender. And so the first surrender is the decision to follow Jesus. It's a heart decision. It's not a knowledge intellectual decision. It's a heart decision to receive Jesus into your heart. And for many of you, uh, you um, maybe grew up thinking that it was about what you knew and following some rules and some rituals. And I wanna tell you tonight that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And the way that you have relationship with Jesus while you're here on earth, that you can live for him and he can be the leader of your life and also that you can spend eternity with him in heaven is you simply take one step and you receive the gift of Jesus in your heart. I wrote a simple prayer. Uh, when you receive him in your heart, you don't have to say these exact words. I wrote this for tonight, but it gives us all an understanding of what it means to receive Jesus in our heart. God, I choose to receive the gift you gave me through your son, Jesus. I recognize I have been trying to control my life and I'm ready to surrender. I want Jesus to be the leader of my life to guide me and help me let go of control each day. Will you forgive me of my past sins? Will you be with me as I begin to live my life for you? And so there is a card on your chair if you're here in person. If you're online in the chat, there's a link you can click to also fill it out. I want everybody to grab this right now. Go ahead and grab it. And I want you all to begin to fill it out. 
because I'm inviting everybody to take a step of surrender. And so for you, if the prayer of your heart is to take a first step to invite Jesus into your heart, I want you to go ahead and check mark this bottom checkbox that says, I made the decision to surrender my life to Jesus for the first time. And then I know that there are many of you that you've already made that choice to follow Jesus. But tonight, as you're hearing about Mary and as you're processing what that means to you tonight, I believe that God wants to invite you to take a step of surrender. I believe that there might be something in your life that you've been hanging on to, that you've been holding tight to, that you've been trying to control, so to speak. Whatever area of your life, is it career, is it finances, is it family, is it friends, is it what you thought your future was going to look like? I don't know what it is. But is there a specific area that you just feel like you haven't let God into that area of your life? I want you to write that down on this card. And then for others of you, I think uh, maybe you're at a place in your walk with Jesus where uh, you've, you've, uh, the way that I talk about having control is like gripping our life like this, like white knuckling it, you know, and our fists are just tight and clenched and we walk around in our life like this, like trying to control everything and everybody and all the things and you know what God wants? Like I said, I've said it multiple times tonight, all he wants from all of us, it's simple really, is to surrender, to let go, to be available, to surrender our plans and our purposes and say, God, will you lead me? And so I think there's some of you tonight that, that you, you're kind of tired of, of this and you wanna let go of everything and say, I'm all in, God, I'm all in. I'm like Mary style surrendered. <laughs> I'll surrender my plans and my purposes and I will trust that in your timing, you will tell me when to move. You will tell me when to, when to make a shift. You will tell me when the next opportunity is. But that requires our surrender. And so I wanna encourage you if you're in a place where it's all in, just write all in on your card. And the band's gonna come and they're gonna sing a song called I Surrender. And as they sing this song, what we're gonna do is everybody, I want everybody. We've got seven different stations all over the room and there's a box on the top and I want you to get up out of your chair at any point during the song and I want you to drop your card in the box. And I get it, if you're here again for the first or maybe second time, it feels a little awkward or uncomfortable to get out of your chair and to walk in front of people and people might wonder what, you, what to think. They're not gonna be wondering about you, they're thinking about them, so that's one thing. But the other thing I wanna say, you know what, like if Mary could say yes to what she said yes to, I think we can get up out of our chair one time. And here's what I wanna encourage you. It's more than just like getting uncomfortable, it's actually like a physical sign of you saying, God, I surrender. God, I, I really take this serious and whatever I wrote on my card, God, I surrender. And so at any point during this song, I wanna encourage you to come on up and you can drop your card in any one of the boxes around the room tonight. Down on my knees again, surrendering all, surrendering.
You know what, whatever level of letting go it might be for you tonight, I know without a doubt that anytime we let go of control, like it can feel really scary. It can feel like, oh, I don't wanna do that. <laughs> there can be a, a hesitation or a little bit of a restriction at first. I get that. And I know that when we take brave steps to like get, get out of our chair and, and for many of you, I know there's something that might just be stirring in your heart tonight. And I know that that can leave us feeling vulnerable. Like I even think, and I know like it feels a little naked, you know, like God can see you. But I want you to know that's the point. God can see you. This Christmas, God sees you. He knows your story. He knows all about you. And he loved you so much <laughs> that he sent his son into this world to save you. And that's the gift that we celebrate on Christmas. And isn't it nice to know that, hey, if you're not gonna be in control and I'm not gonna be in control, isn't it amazing that there's a God who loves us that much that is in control? There's a God who never changes, whose character is always consistent in a world that's changing when sometimes the circumstances of our life don't line up to what we would hope for, or what we would want, that when God says he will be with us, he kept that promise and he sent his son to be with us. And so this Christmas, more than any other Christmas, I do pray that it is different for you. I pray this Christmas of 2021 is like no other Christmas. And that by the power of your surrender, you're able to let go of control. And, and you know through that letting go, you know what I believe is gonna happen is that you're gonna experience things you've never experienced. And I want you to know that You've still got time to have some amazing memories and unforgettable experiences with the people that you love most. And so drop the petty stuff, whatever it might be. Ask God to come with you in the heaviness of life and really experience this Christmas, this year with the people that you love most. And I'm so thankful to be surrounded with so many of the people that I love most. Thank you for being church family. If you're here for the first time, welcome to the Prairie Heights church family. We're so glad that you're here and family. And so uh, as we kind of prepare to close tonight, let's go ahead and we're gonna stand. And as a family together, we're gonna sing Oh Holy Night together.
Let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you for giving us the gift of your son. And thank you, God, for this Christmas and this moment that we got to experience together. And God, I thank you for every one of these people. And I pray that as we go, that God, um, we're all reminded that you go with us, that you are with us every day of our life. And that when we decide, God, and we make a decision to follow you, that uh, you are never gonna leave us, you're never gonna forsake us. And so I pray, God, today that we are reminded that we're seen by a God who loves us unconditionally and that we are loved so, so much beyond our comprehension and that this Christmas we can celebrate actually letting go and experiencing more of you and more of the people around us. And so we thank you so much for that, God. We praise you for that. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thank you for listening.